6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. She was a beautiful, high-functioning woman that died of a heroin overdose on July 29th. She was 41 years old. Middle class, contributed to society. She was a mom, a wife, a sister, an aunt, a daughter. She mattered. Those were some of the words in an op-ed piece I read recently from our next guest as we continue our coverage of International Overdose Day and our Decision Canada coverage. Sandra Lidner says portraying only homeless people as opioid users is a misconception and she's sharing her story to help you understand what is going on in the communities across the region. Sandra, thanks for joining us this afternoon. You're welcome. First off, I'm sorry for the loss of your daughter. Can you tell us about her? Where to start? She was um, very high functioning. When she was a child, she she taught herself to read. She was very clever. She was teaching her older sister how to do math. And she was just incredible in, in, in that respect. But she wound up getting a lot of migraines mm-hmm. in her preteens and teens. And it continued right until the end of her life. Just before she died, she had just had a a 10-day migraine. And so because of all these migraines, she did turn to the medical community. Um, I did take her over the years everywhere. I took her for acupuncture. I took her to psychologists, psychiatrists, massage therapy, you name it. And the headaches never did go away. And so the doctors put her on, um, I think they started off with codeine, which is an opioid. Mm -hmm. And that was in the 90s when opioids were the be-all and end-all, and the pharmaceutical companies either didn't know or didn't care to share with the general public nor with the doctors i'm not sure i'm just surmising here but it was very addictive and so she became addicted she became addicted to the opioid medication that was prescribed to her by doctors to help with these migraines and what happened when when the doctors cut her off from those well they didn't cut her off initially of course but I believe, and I, I don't know much of this for a fact, but I believe that they overprescribed. Mm-hmm. She became addicted. She needed more and more. She went doctor shopping. And, and this is very common. It's not just my daughter. It's, no. it's you know, everybody who gets caught in this. And And... We have to remember that people who take opioids and other substances, they didn't choose this life. It happened to them. They're victims, and we shouldn't be looking down on them. We shouldn't be ashamed of them. I'm not the least bit ashamed of my daughter. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Sandra, um, in, in your story and your daughter's story is so unfortunately familiar over the past number of, of decades. Um, did, did she end up turning to the black market to try to yeah. find more pain relief? Oh, yeah. 
that's exactly why I believe she died because and this was all an educational process for myself as well because I didn't a lot of this I didn't know um, when drug abusers abuse they wind up blaming the people that they're closest to mm. it fractured our family very badly um I've lost my train of thought. What was the question again? I would know. It was just, you know, she had turned to the black market yes. to try and to find drugs that would help her. And so the past few years in particular, we had this, in quotation marks, war on drugs going. And I bought in on that. I thought, yeah, take the drugs away from her. She'll be fine. Well, that was pretty well the worst thing that could be done to all of these people abusing drugs. Because what happens is if they can't get what they want, they have to turn to the black market. Mm -hmm. And the black market doesn't seem to have quality control. <laughs> no, it does not have quality control. Your daughter passed away at the age of 41 uh, She on July 29th. Correct. You, uh, when you placed your daughter's obit in the Sherwood Park no, uh, News, you mentioned the cause of death. You have said uh, just a few moments ago that you're not ashamed of her or anyone else that has gotten tangled up in the web of addictions. Why do you want, why is it so important for you to share her her story and and what has happened to her her story and the story of all the other ones who have gone before her in the same manner the other ones that are just fighting still and probably into the future it's if people don't talk about it sometimes it's whispered about mm -hmm. and I mean literally mm -hmm. whispered about and if you keep it, it's like everything else, like all, well, there's a lot of mental health issues involved here. And if you hide it, people start feeling ashamed. Sandra, did, did your daughter ever try a detox program? Did she, she yes. did she try? Yeah. Not a program. No. Are you programs aren't available only to the lucky few who have some connections, perhaps. They... This is what we found out, and I became so upset, and my husband too, and of course her husband, and her sister who works in the healthcare business. There's nothing out there. They have these ads on TV. Just call this number yeah. and we'll help you. You hit a brick wall. They'll say things like, oh, well, we'll get her on the list. And, you know, if you're doing well, maybe maybe in six months we'll get her in. People in that position can't wait. They just can't. They go right back to the drugs again because, because of all the pain that they're in, both physical and mental. It's just not available. And the government is trying to tell us, and, and the various governments and the yeah, different yeah, levels. Yeah. They're all telling us, it's available. It's not. Sandra, it's a falsehood. I was talking before we came on about um, the need for people to realize that those with addictions aren't just those who 
we see or are portrayed oftentimes, you know, maybe those who are unhoused, who are living on the streets. I mean, it's happening in communities across the country, around the world. It's, it's your next door neighbors. It's your, exactly. it's, 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 you know, it's you name it. It, it, um, there's, there's not one um, community that is immune to this. And one of the things that I also said is that oftentimes you just wait for the other shoe to drop. You, 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 you're just almost day to day waiting for the phone call. Ours came on that Thursday morning at five o'clock in the morning from her husband who had just been visited by the police to inform them that she had been found dead. I know other people there. You, you wait for the phone call. You know, it's coming. What do you want those who are listening right now to take away from our conversation, Sandra? I want people to know that if they think the addictions are only in the back alleys and it's people who are, again, air quotations, worthless, uh, you know, drunks or what have you, because mm-hmm. it's alcohol, it's all addiction is addiction and it, it doesn't really matter what the source of it is. These people are important. They, they're next door. They're in, I shared just recently, just the day of her funeral, I wasn't quite with it. I'm not today either, quite frankly. <laughs> but I was walking there in my dress, like dressed up, and, you know, rather than mm-hmm. my jeans or what have you. And I, somebody asked me, one of the neighbors, what happened? And I or no, why are you all dressed up? Hmm. I said, I've just come from my daughter's funeral. I'm one of these people who can't lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I hit them quite over the head with it. Mm. Turns out these people themselves, and they're in their 80s, their son is an addict. Mm-hmm. They never told us a soul. Like this, this... It's a cancer. I, uh, I compare it as a cancer. Just it, it isn't, but a, those symptoms, a lot of it is like cancer. You're seeing people die in front of you. You never think it's going to happen to your family, and uh, then you realize that it can, and it can very easily. And it's happening to the people right in, within yeah. the cat swing of where I live. Yep. I mentioned to them, and then I heard, oh, our son is like that. They had never even mentioned it to mm-hmm. any friends or family. It was the big secret. And evil grows in the dark, right? Yeah. Sandra Lindner joining me this afternoon. We'll have to leave it here for right now, Sandra. I want to thank you for sharing your voice and sharing your daughter's story with us this afternoon. Um, You doing that, I believe, is making a difference and will make a difference. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care now. Sandra Lindner joining us this afternoon. Her daughter, 41-year-old daughter, prescribed opioids to deal with migraines through her teens, died of an overdose at the age of 41 two months ago, actually one month ago.